The System Save Me podcast shares how business owners navigate their way to success through processes, systems, and routines. Your host, Jordan Gill, is behind the scenes of top business owners who travel the world while earning six and seven figures a year. There's a method to the madness. It's called systems. So let's get down to business. Welcome to episode number 21, where we'll be covering the course creation process in Trello. I'm really looking forward to sharing this interview with y'all as this lady boss of mine is so stellar. If this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a regular, fantastic. Either way, we would love it if you left us a review on iTunes as we love hearing from our listeners. And if you don't want to miss out on any of the next episodes, be sure to subscribe. Now let's get ready to dive deep. It's going to be really awesome. Hey, y'all. I'm super stoked to share this guest with you today. Lindsay is seriously one of the best course content ninjas and is super passionate about bringing her expertise of teaching in from the classroom to our corners of the internet. Lindsay, how are you doing today? I am good. It's Monday morning. Just feeling the excitement of the week. (laughs) <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, so go ahead and start off by just shooting us a couple details about you and your business. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me. This is, this is really exciting. And it's funny that I'm on a podcast about systems when that scares the crap out of me, but that makes sense, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, my name is Lindsay. I Uh, I'm about to leave my day job. Uh, I have about eight weeks left in the fall semester. Mm -hmm. I'm a sociology professor, actually, at a community college in Northern California. And uh, I basically started this teaching and learning consulting business uh, in April was when the idea came. And it's been it's been coming quickly. (laughs) Um, And I've been working with clients one on one. And I, I basically help clients really translate their one-on-one coaching experience. I, I typically work with coaches and service providers. Um, I help them translate what they do, you know, on a one-on-one um, basis into a course. And that that is difficult to do yes. um, because a lot of the coaches I talk to are are people that are really good at what they do. They're naturals. They've been doing it a long time. I'm definitely not working with very many new people, mm-hmm. but they struggle because they can't really, I don't know if quantify is the right word, but they can't really, th- they can't think about the work they do on one-on-one calls and how they would teach somebody else how to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I help them kind of, you know, categorize that, think about what that looks like, chunk it out and and make it palatable to, to be able to serve more people because that's really what a lot of us want to do. And so right. I tell them that their unique one-on-one coaching is is valuable and that's obviously that high touch thing is is great, but the, the ability to reach people at a lower price point and reach more people um, to some distilled version of of what you do in a one-on-one basis is is something that I help people with. So that's kind of that's kind of what I do. Yeah, no, and it's it's great work. So it, it needs to be done because a lot of people aren't naturally teachers or haven't ever taught before. So then they're like, I don't know what the yeah. heck is going on. Um, so yeah, it's so really the content great. creation. The content creation is one piece, but the the other piece is really the teaching and the delivery mm-hmm. and being coming up with unique activities. And that's where me yeah. as a professor. 
um, you know, what I've been doing for a long time, you know, working with students, motivating them, engaging them. That's something that's missing in typical courses online right now. And so I bring that angle as well. I try to be really innovative. So yeah, I can help someone also chunk down their content and, and, but I'm really about the teaching and learning piece, like how you're delivering the material, how the students are actually learning that whole process. Totally. Love it. Now let's get into the juicy stuff. We Uh-oh. are gonna be <laughs> we are gonna be talking Uh-oh. about your course creation process using Trello, which is a project management system for those of you that haven't heard of it. Um, it will be in the show notes if you want to check it out. Um, so go ahead and describe your business before you implemented this system in Trello. Yeah. Um, a mess. No, <laughs> I mean, I was using Google drive. That's probably, mm. I still use Google drive. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but I was creating individual folders for each of my one-on-one clients. And when I started, you know, I'm, I, I was officially booked out, right? Like once I became booked out, I started to realize, whoa, I am juggling eight, 10 people's different projects. Yeah. Um, and I also do this business with my husband. He's kind of the silent partner in this whole thing. Um, he's a physics yeah. professor. So we're a really good kind of combo. Um, and he often was like, okay, what am I working on? Like, what's next? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Let me find. And I, I ended up being, I was a bottleneck for work yeah. getting done at our house. And he can do stuff, but, you know, without me. Um, but there was this piece of translating when I would get on a call with somebody and figure out what our game plan was and get that going and then not telling my husband so he could work on it randomly, like when he had free time. Mm-hmm. Um, so before, and we're talking a couple weeks, by the way, Jordan, well, about a month, I've been using. Um, but before this plan, um, yeah, it was a bunch of kind of Google Drive kind of creations, but there was no system in place for onboarding a client either. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I wasn't kind of, you know, automatically creating, you know, the things that needed to be done. There were no steps. I was kind of flying by the seat of my pants for every client. And so what right. happened was, I was kind of re not, I wasn't reinventing the wheel, but it felt more hectic than it needed to be. And I knew right. that I had to get the kind of order handled, the system created so we can just kind of move people through a process. Totally. So it was a lot of not like, it wasn't that balls were getting dropped, but it was like, there was less, um, it seemed like a it, it would it created a sense of panic in a way like okay what's next oh my gosh let me look really quick and it was like where am I even looking kind of thing I didn't have like a center hub yeah totally so then kind of what drove you to put a process in place um, you know I know it was a mess um, but was there like a point where like all right fine I got to sit down and do this thing <laughs> yes I I actually had a client email me and said that they were somewhat disappointed with the last and and this was a client that wasn't a high-end one-on-one client Mm -hmm. but kind of more of a one-off lower end package that I was doing so part of it was the package wasn't lining up with the service that I was providing that's one part of it but Mm -hmm. something about that message and we're we're totally cool now we just like communication wise it wasn't happening as Mm -hmm. um I wasn't as clear and and it was because I didn't have a process and I, and so, um, there was that moment where I was like, whoa, this could have been a lot worse, right? This person could be asking 
refund or it could have been a very high end client and it wasn't. And so I took that Mm -hmm. as a lesson. I was like, okay, this is it. This is getting serious. It's time to focus on my one-on-one clients. You and I were just talking before Mm -hmm. this that, yeah, this, 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 you know, quarter four for me is making sure my one-on-one clients are so happy because, you know, I want to rush into creating a membership site and I want to create some products. And it's like, no, I actually need to like be present with my one-on-one clients. And so Mm -hmm. what that basically what that did was it relieved the the pressure of launching something and and all of that and then was like okay if i'm focusing on my one on one clients what could make this better oh if i'm coming to if i know where everyone is in the process i'm yep. fully present for them on a call or i'm i'm fully working through their workbooks or their their videos that they're posting and i'm and i'm spending time on that and not panicking about what's next Totally, which which is really great to give you, you know, the permission and the space to to be like, no, like I want to do all these things, <laughs> and they will exactly. come. Which is great. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So let's go ahead and walk through the steps that you took to create this course creation process inside of Trello. Great. Yeah. So basically I create a Trello board for each new client. Um, I suggest that we use Trello if it's possible. And I'm finding that, yeah, a lot of the people I'm working with aren't necessarily project managers, even though one of my clients right now is a project manager and she's even more on top of it because that's what she does is manage projects, but not managing her project is a whole other story. Yes. I've actually learned a lot from having her as one of my one-on-one clients. Oh, um, but yeah, I suggest that we use Trello and and I kind of encourage them to do that. Um, so far, I haven't had anyone say that they didn't want to because obviously as somebody who does systems, right. there are so many different options out there. Oh. And I'm familiar with Asana and that's actually what I'm using with my project management client. Um, but it's more, you know, she wants to hold the project. So when I'm yeah. holding the project for people, um, we go in Trello. So I suggest that we use Trello. And basically what's really cool about Trello is the visual piece. Um, I'm just a visual learner. And the idea of having stages you know, in making a course, there's very clear stages in the process. There's a research process. There's a brain dump is actually probably what would come first. There's like the brain dump, like collection of ideas where, you know, so there's that stages first. And then we start going out and seeing what's out there and, and the marketing and that kind of thing. And then, and then we head into the actual breaking up of the content. So I have, I created three stages in my course creation process and someone else out there might use something different. But yeah, it's the research phase. Um, it's the actual course design phase. And then it's like talking about delivery and implementation and final touches. And mm-hmm. so when I have those three phases lined out in Trello, there's these lists and there are actual columns, gotcha. right? Mm-hmm. And so we have kind of an ideas list in case either me or the client comes up with something and we're That's not going nice. to review it yet, but it goes on that list, right? So smart. And and Trello creates cards. So you create a card for that new idea. So for example, one of my clients wanted to change her email service provider. And so she was looking into active campaigns. So we put it on that idea for review before we talked about it in the call. And then in and then we moved it to kind of an in progress list. Hmm. So um so we know what phase we are in 
as um, yeah, both of us know what phase we're in, right? Right. And so what happens is the in progress becomes the holding space for what's being worked on on her end and what's being worked on on my end. So in course creation, someone will, if I'm usually typically co-creating courses with people. Um, and so what that looks like is, Jordan, you would basically say, I'm, I'm working on this course and the module one is, is this topic. I'm going to break it into these lessons and you're going to bullet point it out. We're going to come up with an activity mm -hmm. um, that either happens, whatever, online or in Facebook or in a Facebook group or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so you would write that out, right? And then you would send that to me for review. So what would happen would be in progress would be me reviewing module one and you mm -hmm. start working on module two. So we always see who's working on what, right? Nice. And then when we're done, we drop it to the done um, list, which is like my favorite list because I can look right. and be like, yes, we figured out all this stuff, right? Totally. Um, and so that in progress place is where a lot of the magic happens because it's like, when I put on my weekly agenda to work on a client's materials, I open that and be like, yes, this is what I'm working on currently. And my husband can go in there. This is what we're working on. Mm -hmm. And Trello has, yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah. No, I was just mm -hmm, into what, what you were saying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Trello has this thing called power ups. Um, I'm sad. They basically re configure their payments and their subscription, which a lot of people are doing right now, no. but they have something called uh, power ups. And I personally love the Google drive power up. So within Trello, you can search your own Google drive. You can actually create a new Google drive document from wow. a Trello card. And so, yeah, it's pretty nice. Um, but you only get one power up per board. So um, you don't get the calendar if you want the calendar. I personally just don't use the calendars and there's, there's mm -hmm. workarounds. You can use Zapier and stuff like that, but I love it because it has a link to the client's folder in there and we just have access directly and it just like opens in Google drive. So yeah. if we're working on a module script or like a video script, it just stays on that card. Right. And we can just open it, work on it and like whatever. So you start in Trello and then drive becomes the like thing that's holding stuff for you and you can comment and work on it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I totally love that. The other part that I love about Trello is the checklists that happen on individual cards. So, um, what happens with that is we can basically have a module that becomes module one and there's a checklist that's the same for almost all my clients. So when I create a card that says module one, there's a checklist of what needs to go in that module and like what we need to review and like mm. the stages of that process. Right. right. And then, um, I can just, whenever I open module two's card, I just copy that checklist. So there's some consistency in module yes. planning. The, the client knows, you know, what goes in each module, um, which is really important. Um, and so it's just a nice, way to, 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 uh, I want to say systematize, but duh, yeah. but like make <laughs> everything similar, right? Like yes. it, it's a nice way to create that consistency. And that's what we really want. And the, totally. what also is cool, the two other lists that are on the board as well is a list for our agenda for the next call. 
And I actually Mm. in that have a link for her to be able to book the next call. So I'll have clients book probably about every other week. But instead of my like VA or me handling like, did you book your next call? They know exactly where to go. It has the direct link. Um, and they just book it and they just know. And we drop cards there for what we want to talk about together, like what what the issues are. So we can kind of already, we can brain dump there in a way, but then also see, oh, this is what we're going to talk about. So that's called the agenda. And then we also have um, a list of links. So a lot of times I'm working in some sort of course platform like Thinkific, for example. So I need all their login information, any landing page or sales pages they want me to look over, stuff like that. So we kind of have like a links section in case. um, And so we'll drop stuff there that we that we reference. So essentially, that's my process. Is there anything I need to clear up or anything like that? No, yeah, that's that's actually really great. And I think it's smart. I've I've totally um, whenever I've um, worked with people in launches and stuff. Um, we have like a master link spreadsheet and it's like that alone is (laughs) such a saver of time and energy. It's like, okay, if I need a link to something, I know where it is. Um, and no having to deep dive into who knows where, um, to find it. So that stuff is, is really good. And I love the addition of the agenda card or whatnot that you guys mm-hmm. kind of, you know, dump stuff in and, um, you know, you, cause sometimes you get on a call, you're like, I don't know what you want to talk about today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's really, yeah. And I've, I, I've done it both ways, right? I've gotten on a call and I don't know what a client wants to talk about, but then I've done it to my coaches where I'm like, I don't know. What we're talking about. <laughs> like, I'll just talk about what's on my mind right now. So, yeah. um, yeah, it kind mm-hmm. of keeps it front and center. Like, you know, what, what can we work on? So that fleeting idea that comes, we have somewhere we can put it, right? Right. Which also is good for the ideas list, because a lot of times people will put ideas in an Evernote on the notes app in their phone. They'll text it to you. They'll email to you. I'm like, um, all right. (laughs) Yeah. So the system I created for that, Jordan, yeah. because I'm similar, I have yeah. notes apps. Yeah. T- typically, I used Google, I like the iPhone notes app, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had a friend lo- almost lose all of her notes, <gasps> even though she has iCloud syncing. It was really scary. And I'm like, and it made me think, what would happen if I lost right. all my notes? Yeah. Um, and so I still have stuff in there, believe me. <laughs> um, some days we're like working through that. But my new strategy, most of my ideas come and you know, I I do a voice recording. So I'll I'll mm. tell Siri, I'll say remind me and I put it on a list. Well, I have a zappier trigger yep. that when I put a remind me, like when it something shows up on my iPhone list, which is a to-do list that I do not use, I just think it's easier to tell Siri to that. Um, It actually um, creates a card in Trello, like on a specific Trello board. So basically my ideas now are coming that like through that way. So that's been really cool. And then I also have pocket, which I use Mm -hmm. to save URLs. And I put that also in a, in a card on Trello, because if they're in different places, they just sit there by themselves. Yep. Like I, I tried Exactly. And I tried to create a to-do list like or a to-do task to on Sundays review notes, pocket and like whatever Facebook saves. And I never did it. And I'm like, okay, like this obviously didn't work. 
So what can I do to automate the process and fill up my Trello board and like make me go through it? So that's on a like editorial calendar that I have, which is something different, but, um, kind of related to Trello. If, if any of your listeners are, you know, have getting ideas and not knowing a system, like you have to have a central hub and make all the other things filter in through that hub. Totally. Amen to that. <laughs> so <laughs> like, That's pretty much what I teach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, okay, well, that's perfect. So um, these are my listeners' favorite questions. So uh, what was your best financial investment in business? Hands down hiring a VA. <laughs> um, I mean, I've had I've had some excellent coaches and, and they're, and they're bigger investments. And I mean, it's hard to like say that that's my best, but the VA has taken away such tasks that were just clogging my brain. Right. So like in a day to day thing, the VA is the best hire in a big picture thing. You know, the, the coach is the best hire. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, my VA, I was, I was telling you earlier, like, Mm -hmm not only does she run my Facebook group, I actually kind of have a Facebook group that's run a little bit differently than a lot of other Facebook groups out there. And I organize teaching spots in my community. And so every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I have a new guest live stream coming in, right? Right. So I I had to create an acuity calendar link for everyone to sign up. We're always booked out like a month. And And then I created a graphic to announce who's coming up. Right. And so it was this whole process and I'm like, Whoa, this is so much like thought in my head of things that need to happen. They get an email to check in that they're, they're set up for the next week. They need a reminder. I need it on my business page. I mean, there's so many moving parts. So I, that was the first thing I did was I was like, okay, this is the system that has to happen because that's it. Right. So we created that system and she jumped right in and no joke. I'm not kidding. That was the only task I had her doing. Okay. (laughs) Because I didn't have any systems in place to be able to hand them over to her. Yeah. In our first month, I want to say she spent, oh my gosh, it, it was supposed to cost me like it wasn't even an hour's worth of work. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was wow. like an hour and a half total. Because having someone else have a system in place and then yeah. she just did it and she billed me and I was like, no, I'm like doubling that because I can't I feel weird giving you <laughs> money. But that's how little the actual time was. But Amen. mentally to know that it was happening without me, that blew my mind. And I was just like, oh my God, like what if I actually was able to fill up all the little things. So I've been slowly adding tasks. And the most recent thing has been actually having her be my booking agent, basically. And as much as I can throw somebody an acuity link, I would just squeeze people in left and right, even though my calendar had created boundaries for myself. And I was just like, whatever, I can fit you in on my drive to work, or I can fit (laughs) you in on my break, I can fit you in, right? So she's now the e- she gets emailed. I tell the person, please email my VA and she'll set you up. And she usually just sends an acuity link, but right. it creates a barrier a little bit. One more step for somebody to want to call me. Right. So that totally. means they're like really taking in that way. But mm-hmm. then she's going to protect my calendar more than I am. <laughs> yep. So yep. Um, that's been like 
hands down, it, it, not the most expensive financial investment, but mentally has has just like it blew my mind what that um, w- what we've been able to accomplish in so few hours that mentally just holding space in my head was tiring me and, and exhausting yeah. me. Yep. And totally was not in your zone of ge- genius, nor should ha- should it have been. <laughs> so no, that's that's really great. And then what was your worst financial investment in business? The tough one. It I is. don't see I don't look at things as negative investments. Gotcha. Like you know, I've bought a couple courses that I maybe didn't completely finish. Um, as the course creator, I talk about that a lot. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I feel like every move that I've made, even if at the time I thought it was the right move, but looking back, it wasn't, I learned something from it. So I try, and that's like a money mindset thing too, because I was holding, uh, credit card debt for a while that had to do with like coaching Mm -hmm. and, um, courses. And a part of me was like, oh my gosh, like that's a lot. But then I thought about it and it's like, look what I got out of this. Like I got this, this, and this. It may not have been exactly what, like, yeah, like I may have hired a coach that probably wasn't the right fit at the time, but it did open doors for me based on networking and stuff like that. So in the end, it's like, yeah, maybe that wasn't the smartest investment, but it it still served as a lesson. Like it taught me something. So I'm grateful for that. Like the energy money wise that I gave to these things that may not have been what I expected, um, are leaving marks on me as a business owner. And so I can mm. move forward from. Them. So when I hear worse financial investment, it's like, I don't know that it was like such a negative thing, yeah. but there are things that didn't pay off in the way that I thought, but that's what the lesson is usually. And so that's kind of that helping me with the money mindset part of it. Like instead of holding that negative, like, oh, I have to pay this off and it wasn't what I thought it was. Um, you know, it's more like I'm grateful for the things it did for me. And it's this, this and this and being really clear and intentional about what it did, what it did do. Yeah, totally. And this is just something that you probably have um, an understanding of or could give advice on. But for people that have course addictions, um, (laughs) how would you suggest um, they put either a filter process up as far as like really Uh, knowing if they should put down X amount for, for a course or for a program or training? Um, like how would you help that person be like, okay, like let's figure out if this is the right fit for you. Keep the eye on the prize. Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple of things. Um, the first is go through your bookmark bar, <laughs> like find those courses that you never opened and either gracefully release them, <laughs> let them go <laughs> and just be like, you know, I'm not here anymore. Right? right. Because I actually did that with my Google drive. I did that with freebies. I realized I went oh, in and I was yeah. like, Oh, I have freebies on shit. I don't even need anymore. Yeah. So, which is cool because it showed me, I actually moved forward in my business without the use of the freebie. So, um, you know, review your freebies and review your courses. Did you buy a course that you've been like holding a space for it on your bookmark bar, but then it's like clutter, right? And like, can you just let it go? Or is it something you could use? And so I actually have a card in Trello um, that is all my courses. And so each, or it's actually a list, I should say, each course gets its own card. And then you can actually in the checklist box, you can create like 
module one, module two, whatever. And what's cool is Trello does like out of a hundred percent of this checklist, how far are you? So it's kind of like a course completion, like marker. So if there is a course on there that you need to get through, put it somewhere on your to-do list and just make Saturdays your learning days or, or whatever. And, and just kind of go through the courses you need. Um, but when it comes to purchasing the next course, right? Right. Like, so now that you've gone through and taken, taken stock of what you have on your plate, you know, figure out what order you're going to go in because my best advice for people is the course you purchase should really be your next step. It, it mm. like, you don't need to buy the course on ads if you're not running ads yet, or you don't have a program that you're running it to. Right. So like yes. you have to think about that. And I know this comes, this comes to marketing. So a lot of what I talk about in course creation is yes, there's student motivation and setting up the course in a way that is encouraging and and that kind of thing. But then there's also people getting coming into courses and they're buying things because of the urgency that we're all taught to, to give to the next person, right? Like if you don't buy this course, it's going up $2,000 next time. So you better get it. So what happens is, is people buy it and they're like, well, of course I'll need Facebook ads one day. So I'm just going to buy it. Yeah. That's how we have a course addiction. And so it's not, so that's what you got to think about. I, what, is this the next course that I really actually need or am I buying it to put it on a bookmark? And, and so that's one thing. Zach Buckler actually, I learned this from him too. He said, don't buy a course until you've gotten your return on your investment on the course that you're currently in. So mm. I like that too, right? Mm. So if you, if you, buy a course and the return on investment is whatever, right? Like if it's a $2,000 course, $1,000 course, at what point did you get your money's worth? And then when you get that, right, and you made it back, then you're allowed to buy the next course. Now that's a little sticky because some courses don't provide monetary like ROI, but I think it's a good marker. Like have I gotten out of the last course I bought enough to say that I need another one in this area? Totally. I think that's really, really smart about because even yeah, I found like, well, I'm gonna need this one day. <laughs> so then, mm-hmm. you know, you buy it and then and I have lifetime access. Right. <laughs> all yeah. all the good marketing shenanigans mm-hmm. that we just love mm-hmm. and, and use and you know, it's part of the thing. But, you know, as a as a buyer of courses, then it's you gotta really be like, okay, but I mean I'll figure out another way or there'll be a different Facebook ads course or I'll do some YouTube sleuthing or something. Um, Exactly. Well, even, even as a seller of these courses, don't you want people who are like, if you think about, you know, a lot of people run these high end courses live, you know, and um, they're in a group and they do group calls. And if you're in a course where you're not getting on with the teacher and you're not able to attend the group calls, you aren't getting the full value of the course. Mm -hmm. So from the seller's perspective, from the course creator's perspective, it's better for you to have as many people as possible wanting to and intending to go through live. And so we have to get 
a little more clear in our marketing, um, mm-hmm. I think, to really pull in people who are ready and and not just try to get numbers. Like everyone wants to hit these like launch numbers. And I think that that's yeah. cool. But like that's not really the like teaching part. Like you mm-hmm. want not you just want the number. Right. It's like having a list of numbers, but not having engaged people. Everyone's talking about that. Why aren't they talking about that as it relates to courses? Yeah. So like, yeah, we can hit numbers and sell a shit ton of courses. But if 20 percent of the students are moving through, which is high, yeah. then then yeah. you're not really serving. Right. And yes, it can sit on a shelf, but they're not going through the material. And so, yeah, so I obviously have thoughts on that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, girl. I'm like, we could just sit here and have a whole day session <laughs> All the things. Yeah, that's for my podcast. I'll bring yeah. you on my podcast. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Which doesn't awesome. exist yet. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, girl, been keeping it for me. <laughs> um, but no, that's, yeah, that's really, really helpful, I think. So uh, we're going to wrap this up with where people can find you online. Um, plug your Facebook group, uh, your website, all, all the places. All the places. Yeah, I mean, I'm basically on Facebook, trying to bring back my Instagram game. So we'll see, but I won't send anyone there. Um, yeah, my Facebook group is kind of where it's happening. If you if you um, have something to teach and you want to pop in there, I have questions about a lot of, I get a lot of tech questions in that group. Yeah. So if you have teaching tech questions, so that's called the Teacher's Lounge for Online Creators. And um, when you pop in there, make sure you register for a teaching spot. Um, so that's the first... Um, and then my website is cool, uh, lindsaympadilla.com. So my middle initial sneaks in there. Uh, and those are my kind of my two hangout places right now. Nice. And that's Lindsay with an A. So L-I-N-D-S-A-Y. Yes. <laughs> so, well, perfect. It was such a joy having you on today. Um, and I'm really, really appreciative you took the time. And I know that my listeners will just, I mean, this is going to be probably just one of the really, really uh, helpful podcasts where, you know, a lot of people are trying to turn to teaching online. And so um, mm-hmm. giving your perspective is, is going to be really helpful. So thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to System Save Me. If you want to get the links to anything we talked about, go to systemsaveme.com. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you on the next episode. 